Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Um, Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Aliza Agami, Aliza Sarah Bat Farha, sponsored by his son Isaac Agami. As well, the Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Sunny Do in honor of the Kahal and in celebration of Hanukkah for the success in everything. Uh, as well, Week of Cold Brew is sponsored by Emmanuel Zara, dedicated in honor of Haron Shochet. Thank him for his patience, kindness, all the work he does for the synagogue community, and for answering my annoying questions without being annoyed. Yeah, Andy. Beautiful. Talmid of Beit Hillel. And finally, the Week of Cold Brew is also sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you. You. And your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. My friends, I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you paid attention. Because you know what, we say them so far apart that it's actually easy to forget um, the nusach, the language that's used in the two different Al-Hanisims. In Al-Hanisim for Chanukah, Sami, Al-Hanisim for Chanukah is different than Al-Hanisim for Purim, correct? Yes. Now, there's obviously many differences because it's a different story. Are you talking the words? No. Yeah, in the words? No. Yeah, the end, of course. You have the whole chapter. Is different than Bimeya in the days of uh, Mordechai Vester. Yeah, the, the, the paragraph of the Bible. Now, obviously the story is different. My question is not about the story. That's obvious they're going to be different. It's talking about different stories. The question is where it doesn't need to be different, it's different. Ready for this? Ve'asita imahem nisim Does that appear on Hanukkah? Yes. Does that appear on Purim? Yes. What about the obligation, uh, what's it called, uh, to, to give thanks to Hashem? Does that appear Hanukkah? Does that appear Purim? Appears by Hanukkah, appears by Purim. You know what does not appear by uh, Purim? That appears by Hanukkah. Oh, it doesn't say the kavu yom echad or three days. However, you want to talk about Purim in different. You could say one day or three days. However many days they instituted for halil hoda'ah. Why not? Have you noticed that? If you're having kavana and you're paying attention, one of the big gifts I say about uh, having a, a good yeshiva education is that your Hebrew is good enough that you don't need the English. So when you're praying in Hebrew, you actually know what you mean. You understand what you're saying. And I don't just mean the things that are obvious. I mean even the little bits. You'll notice discrepancies. You understand uh, when the rabbis use this language, not this language. I don't understand. The day of, of uh, Hanukkah was set for Halel Hoda'ah and the day of Purim was not set for Halel Hoda'ah? What was it set up for? Fascinating. Now, the funny thing is, you can't even say that Purim is not about giving thanks because the very next words are in Purim, So in any case, you're going to say that. Rabbi do we say Halel on Purim? La. So maybe that's the reason. To give Halel and Hoda'ah. So since you're not going to do Halel, so therefore it doesn't say that. But what should it say? That they instituted Kavu, they instituted one day, 
להודות, because it's going to stay in a second, ונו דנא שמחה הגדול סלע. אוקיי. The answer to this is actually quite, quite a simple answer, but at the same time, a very profound answer. I want to ask you a question about something that you find in Purim, but you don't find in Chanukah. We found something that we find in Chanukah, but not in Purim. But now I want to find something in Purim you don't find in Chanukah. There's a mitzvah on Chanukah to light the candles. Beautiful. There's no mitzvah on Chanukah to have a seudah. Interesting. Is there any other holiday that you're aware of that there's no mitzvah to have a seudah? <laughs> there is a mitzvah to have a seudah Yom Kippur, Erev Yom Kippur. That is the seudah of Yom Kippur. That's what Rishonim say. But excellent point. Some of the Sifarim say that that's why you're supposed to have it. According to many opinions, that's why you're supposed to have basar and yayin in that seudah. Because it's the, uh, it's the proxy seudah for Yom Kippur. So why in the world is there no seudah on this holiday? Now, I know you're going to tell me, oh yeah, there are mitzvot, uh, there's a mitzvah to eat uh, uh, donuts and latkes and all these other fried foods. Silicha, mechila, chapara, no mitzvah. Sorry. It's no mitzvah. It's a minag to eat fried foods. But is there an Allah halacha? Purim, there's a halacha for the seudah. It's one of the obligations of the holiday. So the irony is, we're finding a mitzvah on Chanukah that we're not finding on Purim, and a mitzvah that we're finding on Purim that we're not finding on Chanukah. One is the kivi'ah, the setting up of the days for Halel and Hoda'ah on Chanukah, and the second is the setting up of the seudah on Purim. And our rabbis explained something that I think is actually quite beautiful. Rabbis explain that there's fundamentally a difference between the risk to the Jewish people on Chanukah and its incannabulous story and the risk to the Jewish people on Purim. In Chanukah, the job of the Greeks was not to destroy or to kill all the Jews. The job was to kill the Judaism, not the Jews. They actually were perfectly happy for the Jews to stick around not practice their Judaism, and become Hellenized Greeks. No problem. So the eradication of Hanukkah was a, a spiritual source of a soul-based uh, eradication. When it comes to the story of Purim, the exact opposite is the case. They don't care at all, really. We don't find in the story that Haman says to Achashverosh, you know, these guys, they're very different than us. Let's launch a massive campaign to convert them to Persianism. That's where they were at the time. Right? Shushan Abira. How come we... It doesn't say that. There it's l'hashmid, l'harog, u'l'abed. It's kol ayudim. Everyone. Men, women, children. Wipe out all the Jews. The religious ones. The non-religious ones. Haman and Hitler not only are synonymous in their mission... Is probably his great 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 grandfather. Okay? Now, the amazing thing, Rabotai, is in understanding that the response, therefore, of Hanukkah and the response of Purim need to be different. When they're trying to wipe out the body, how do we celebrate on Purim? 
by celebrating of the body. When they try to wipe out the soul on Chanukah, what do we celebrate? The Nishama. What does the Pasuk say? We quote all the time at the Shiva, right? That the Nishama of a person, remember the Pasuk? Ner Elohim, Shmat Adam. The candle of God is the soul of man. So on the day that they try to wipe out the souls, we focus on the concept of lighting up, of using the Ner Elohim, Nishmata Adam, to celebrate the Nishama that was uns- they were unsuccessful at wiping out. My friends, if that's the case, we start to understand the nature of the holiday of Hanukkah as opposed to the nature of the holiday of Purim. You see, um, as an outcropping of this, that the, the, the obligation to set up the day on Hanukkah was to ensure that they were saying, Why? Why? And this is so beautiful. Because the greatest tragedy of the story of Hanukkah would be that when the Greeks came by to tell us that the soul doesn't matter and that the body is everything, that physical pleasures should be chased to the max, that the perfection of the human body was all that a person could achieve in this world. When the Greeks tried to give us that as our life's mission, as opposed to the one that we were given, gifted by God, could you imagine the tragedy of celebrating the war that the Hashmunaim led as amazing specimens of human givurah, of human strength? Could you imagine if the story that would emerge is with one of Judah Maccabee being someone with massive muscles, with a giant hammer, like you see in the storybooks. You never see Judah Maccabee, you know, as an elderly man with a beard. The Maccabee games, the Maccabee games, is in some ways the greatest perversion of a Jewish story in all of history. The Greeks were pushing an Olympic agenda that we as Jews should risk our lives, celebrate a day that turns the tide back on Olympic Games, says that that's not what we live for, and then to title the games that came into the Jewish community, the Maccabi Games, is the most perverted, I can't even tell you, it's the most, uh, in some ways, it's offensive. Have the games if you want, Fadal. You know what that's like? Can I just give you an example? That's like calling an intermarriage program the Pinchas Hakanai Intermarriage Program. Right? Could you imagine such a thing? The Khatam Sofer Reform Judaism site. It's the exact opposite. It's just unbelievable. So what did we do with this antithetical uh, possibility? What did they do with it? So that we would not get to the stage where we would look back and see the Maccabees as exactly the thing that they were trying to defeat. They ensured that the days of Hanukkah were fahalel and hoda'ah. That the war that they won, they didn't win. The war that they won was a miracle of God. 
There shouldn't be one day of Chanukah that you think back and you say, you know something? That Elazar guy, pff, unbelievable. What he did with his glutes, never skipped leg day. Halil <laughs> Hoda'ah. We're not worried about that with Purim. You know why? The Jews go to war. In the story of Purim, <laughs> there's, a, there's a command, a writ, signed by the king, that anyone who starts up with the Jews, they have, they're legally allowed to kill them. Could you imagine a document like that? Shema Yisrael, I know a lot of people would be shaking in their boots. If we had a document that says someone who's starting up with the Jews, we're allowed to go kill them? You know, for a brief moment in time, in history, there was JLM. And JLM didn't stand for Jerusalem, it stood for Jewish Lives Matter. For a brief moment in history, our lives mattered. In that time, people weren't allowed. Achashverosh took away from them the ability to stand up for themselves. There was no army that could stand up to them. It was each individual anti-Semite exposed for what he was by the year they were given to prepare for their anti-Semitic slaughter. Everybody knew who the local Nazi was. No one was allowed to help him. Could you imagine? Nazi, whatever, Yemach Shemur, in the middle of Shushan Habira, picks up the phone, he says, this is 911, is this an emergency? Yes, there's some Jews outside, they're waiting to kill me. I'm sorry, sir, they are, that is actually federally mandated. <laughs> I'm not going to be unable to help you. Will there be anything else, sir, sir, today? You know, the guy's like, no. He says, would you mind, after the phone call, answering a brief survey, right? <laughs> But please, if you could do it quickly, I can hear the Jews singing outside your door. Oh, 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 come on. There's no need to set up Lehodotu Lehalel in the story of Purim because the story itself was The Jews didn't do an act of bravery. There was no way to misread the story of Purim. At best, what could you have said about the story of Purim? Not that it was Jewish might. What could you have said? That it was chance. That is what you could have made a mistake with the story of Purim. So how do we combat that mistake? By setting it up as a holiday. This is a special day. What happened today was special. We celebrate it. You got it? Now... We see this message over here about Hanukkah and Purim, but I think that there's something else here as well. If we dig a little bit deeper, and I think we're being taught this concept in Judaism at large as well, and that is that sometimes the reason why we set up things, minhagim, halachot, elements in Judaism, is not because of what should be, but because of what? should not be. Are you watching? You seeing this? So we had to say Halil Hoda'ah, not because you had to say Halil Hoda'ah. You probably would have said Lehodot, you would have said anyway, just like you see on Purim. But we had to institute it for Halil Hoda'ah. I always say if there's ever a day in the Jewish calendar that should be called Thanksgiving, when is it? Hanukkah. For what? For Halel and for Hoda'ah, literally, for thanksgiving. 
That's our Thanksgiving. People say Hanukkah is the Jewish Christmas. Wrong. Hanukkah is maybe the Jewish Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, I guess if you fry your turkey. <laughs> My friends, sometimes we do things for what should be and sometimes we do things for what shouldn't be. You must be as aware in your house of instituting the things that should be as you are fearful, as you are careful for what should not be. What might my kids think? What might my kids say? How might they rewrite that narrative? What do I have to institute in this story to make sure that the story of today doesn't become a very different story tomorrow? You know, they tell over a story about the Brisker Rav. You have to understand, I don't know if anyone here has personally met anyone from a, a real Brisker. What's a real Brisker? Number one is the style and methodology of study that they have from the Beta Levi, from Rav Chaim, from the Brisker Rav. A methodical uh, style of learning. A style of learning that was intense, that was uh, super true to the to the text itself of what they were learning. You know, they say over that when Rav Chaim, uh, Rav Chaim, this is, uh, I, I, I'm gonna, it's too, too far a diversion. I will skip it for today. Maybe I'll come back to this another day. But they, they, they noticed in, in every word in Harambam, they noticed where Harambam put the halakha. So if there's a halakha and it's in, in this chapter, not in that chapter, if it's in, in the halakhot of holiday and not in the halakhot. So it says, as an example, give money for the holiday. You know, it says that in Hilchot Yom Tov. If it says it in Hilchot Yom Tov and not in Hilchot Tzedakah, that you have to give Tzedakah before Yom Tov, then this mitzvah is not a mitzvah of Tzedakah. It's a mitzvah of Yom Tov. You understand? That's the nature. They're very careful. They're very middagdek. And therefore, because of their digduk, they're very careful to do things as their, parents were, as their parents did. How'd your parents do it? How'd they do it? How'd the, Reb, how'd, the Reb, how'd the Rav do it? Very careful. Very strict. So they say over a story. Of course, it's apocryphal. You know? Where the briska Rav... Sorry, where the uh, students of the Rav, they would light the candles and then they would take the broom that was, they would have a broom on the floor, they would pick it up and put it against the wall. And the joke goes, that what would, what happened? One day, the brisk Rav was lighting, the, the thing fell down, after he finished lighting, he went, he picked it up. So every day, they put, start with the broom on the, you know, sometimes you have that. I remember there's a famous, <laughs> it's a famous story, I, I've seen many of this in my own house, but my favorite one is, of this woman, um, she comes for Friday night dinner. She sees, she's waiting online, everyone's washing their hands. So she sees the lady in front of her. Um, she takes off her rings when she's ready to think. She puts her rings in her mouth. She bites down the ring. She won't put it down, she's going to lose it. Bites down the ring, she washes her hands, put the things back on. She makes, uh, she makes, the second lady, same thing. Third lady, doesn't know. She's never been here before. She says to the lady before she washes hands, she says, so, so, would you mind if I borrowed your rings? She says, I don't have any to put in my mouth when I'm washing. 
That's a joke, it's a true story. I mean, I have, I've had many examples of that in my house where someone is looking at something and they misread it, they don't understand it. But a lot of times it's like that. You know, Harambam writes that a person is really not supposed to get angry. Anger is something you have to stay very far away from. Even though most midot, you pick the middle road, when it comes to anger, he says, not allowed to get angry. If you look in the words of Harambam, like a brisker wood, what does Harambam say? If he needs to educate his kids, what does he do? He shows his kids a face of anger. But he inside is not angry at all. And I remember one of the Ba'alei Musar said that even that has an age. Why? Because what are you thinking? I got to show my kids I'm angry. How come you didn't come to shul? How come you did this? Don't Shabbat, don't do that. I have to show them that I'm upset. That's what I have to do, right? And I have to give them. What is that called? That's called chinuch, teaching your kids. Kid come to shul, what's wrong with you? I need to educate them to come to shul, right? That's what I have to do. Who said you educated, you educated your child to come to shul? Maybe you educated your child to lose his temper. As much as you have to worry about what should be, you also have to worry about what should not be. You want to make sure that every kid sits at the table, so you're yelling at them to come back to the table. What, what did you do because of what should be? Everyone should be at the table. My friends, you know what should not be? The Shabbat table should not be a thing that your kids resent, and I'm trying to run away from as fast as they can. What should not be? We learn this beautiful message from the story of Hanukkah, and there's many, many different examples. If you have a chance to think through your day, think about this with regards to your kids. Think about this with regards to what goes on in the Beit HaKnesset. Think about what happens when a person is driving in a car and they have a kippah on and they cut someone off and the person pulls up next to you. I've done it by mistake. Didn't want to cut the guy off. The guy pulled up next to me, you know, that old New Yorker style. And then they turn the wheel so you can't drive past. I saw the guy coming with all sorts of vengeance. I took off my kippah. I don't take off my kippah for nothing. But I took off my kippah for that because I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. But the Jews shouldn't go down for that. <laughs> yeah? Instead, would I have done that if I was walking in the street? I don't know. I'm in my car. No one will see. You know, it's just a moment. So there's only an upside with regards to the Kiddush Hashem versus Chilul Hashem situation. But my friends, this idea of Sayag, of making sure that things don't go where they're not supposed to go, is incredibly important. And I think that's one of the lessons of the Kavu Shomonati Me Hanukkah. To, ins to ensure and to uh, remember that this story was not what you might have thought it was. It's not the story of Jewish might. It's not the story of Jewish bravery. It's the story of God's deliverance. There was no obligation for the Greek armies to stand down, like there was in the story of Purim. And when they won, it was something which was a complete miracle. May Hashem bless us, Be'ezat Hashem, we should be zokheh. 
each and every day when we light the store, when we light the nights, light the candles of Chanukah, we remind our children what this holiday is really about. Baruch Adonai Leolam.